Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Have 
risen and have gone And the male ones all look better with a beard and mustache on So the time has come to throw our styptic pencils to the floor And refuse to wreck our faces anymore We won't shade any longer, our brains are stronger than before We won't shave any longer, our brains are stronger we won't shave any longer, our brains are stronger than before. We won't shave any longer, our brains are stronger. We won't shave any longer, our brains are stronger than before. We won't shave any longer, our brains are stronger. Shake of a valve and a velcro, what is a gelatinic man in Maxima? Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around tonight, the Zoom table, and discuss males and men, manly men, <laughs> and paganism without the three witches. It is me, myself, Brian, and I have with me tonight, I guess I should have asked you guys, what, what do you guys want to be calling this? Do you want to be called out? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, I so I got... Mark and Mike, both members of the Grove I'm a member of. It's November, and November is Men's Health Month. That's where Movember came from. I had no idea until just the other day. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah, it's Men's Health Month. You guys want to introduce yourselves a little? Hi, I'm Mark. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mark, like Brian said, member of the Grove of Nova Scotia Druids, Hagen for oh, since dirt was new. Yeah, that's good. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> okay, same. I'm I'm Michael, also a member of the Grove Nova Scotia Druids, and been an ADF Druid since yeah I don't know since I was about fourteen something thereabouts. So I'm now the grizzled old age of thirty five. Yes, that's right, oh. grizzled. Uh, so <laughs> since you two were terrible at this, Mark is a standing member in the military. Uh, he's been a part of the Grove since the inception. Me and him founded the Grove many, many moons ago. You have been on the board of the MPGFA. You helped create the bylaws of the Pagan Assembly of Nova Scotia. This is your first time on the podcast. But Mike uh, has been on the podcast in the past on the topic of Druidry. Mike is an owner of a very large, beautiful greenhouse business up on the North Shore of Nova Scotia. He has been a member of the Grove of Nova Scotia Druids for a very long, since he was a wee lad. Since I was a wee lad. Yeah. Um, we corrupted him in his castle. And of course, we're all we're all fathers and of unruly children. And uh, yeah, so we're going to discuss what it is like to be men in an incredibly female-dominated spirituality. And you may be laughing to yourself, but this is a thing. This is our moment to feel like we are the minority because we definitely are, especially <laughs> around here. I feel like I feel like that segue needed that thing from Monty Python. We're men, we're men, men, men. Well, actually, it's funny because I think that's that's the intro song I'm gonna put. 
Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. That or uh, the the fees of Baghdad uh, shave my beard. We will, we will shave no longer. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite songs. So yeah, like even in the Grove, we are the minority. There's more females in the Grove. This has, of course, never been an issue and never will be an issue. It's just a point of hilarity every once in a while because a lot of society will view druidry as like the man version of paganism and it's it's the old white men with long beards down to our knees that yeah the the little hermits i'm getting there but but i'm trying to grow it out but it doesn't it doesn't want to give me length even you're right we never we've never had a problem with any gender really like within our grove like having different polarity gives new inception of ideas it allows things to occur that we normally wouldn't do so balancing those things off has never been a problem for us per se but i mean there's dozens of books of literature where where you can definitely see polarity happen right yeah. well and i and i think to your further to your point too brian like yeah it's never been an issue in our grove i've never seen it being an issue in in adf in general which still seems also fairly female dominated as in the majority of the clergy i think are yeah uh, uh, are last, female or- at last count i believe it was roughly 62 percent of adf clergy are female and i think 38 percent word i think we need to change a word what's the word dominated it's not that it's Dominated. Sorry, yeah, no, poor choice of words. I just no, no, no. it's but it's but that's just it. It's a word. That, it's a word that we're used to using. Not that they're that they're that they're out there dominating. It's they're populating. Our population yeah. is that. Much. Yeah, that's fair. But um, I think that was my that was my point. Regardless of the use of that loaded yeah, yeah, word, yeah. like even though it is very heavily skewed towards you know female leadership and and women being in it in general like i've never felt that it was an issue i've never felt like you know oh woe is me like you know i'm the minority kind of thing like it's never been a big deal but i have felt a little bit more put upon at times in very few occasions you know within the broader pagan community of you know especially where we have whole sections you know, under the pagan um, umbrella, like Dianic Wiccans. And like, there's this been this whole long push for female empowerment and everything, which has been fantastic, but also sometimes come with a push. Yeah, I think one of the things that obviously attracted me to paganism in the first place was the actual equality. The fact that while gender plays a role, yeah, gender plays a role, sexuality plays a role in the greater sense of the divine femininity and the divine masculinity, that doesn't actually apply to anyone on a physical sense. There's plenty of rituals or times where I've embraced, like I'm a cisgender man i'm straight as a board because penis is gross but uh <laughs> in, in the end like it doesn't affect me it doesn't matter to me in any way and that's kind of as a dad i guess something i really hope to sort of expose my son to that men can cry and show emotion and be real you don't get rid of a lot of that toxic masculinity generational issues from our years past now, I'm really lucky because I have mentioned this before on the podcast that I've, I've been very blessed with my parents not having, a, having those issues growing up. My dad was not the manly man type. 
So I never had those issues. I never had those pressures, but I know definitely other men around me have. I totally grew up in what could be, you know, easily termed the late stage toxic, massive masculinity of coming out of the 50s and 60s, where all of that was still prevalent. I didn't want to point that out, but this no, is kind of on YouTube now. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. And that's been one of the biggest things, I think, especially when, you know, I found out 12 years ago I was having a son, it was, it, it became a real relevant thought of what do I want his life to be like and what do I want to give him that will help and so there was a lot of time I spent in his first few years albeit I was away for a lot of it due to my job but deconstructing the the pieces that I thought were foundations that I realized weren't foundations they were just being held on to because somebody rammed them down my throat so often I didn't realize they became programming right yeah I don't know I I grew up in a very traditional household both of my parents are Dutch immigrants this kind of really came to a, a head just a couple of nights ago somebody had mentioned I had my parents over for dinner I cooked for them and somebody made the joke to me of like oh I should get your dad you cooked so you should get your dad to clean up and I laughed and I said you know he'd have a heart attack if I suggested that I don't think he's the man's ever touched dishes in his life and then I thought about it as you know I don't think I've ever witnessed my father doing dishes which is really weird because in in our household you know, even though I'm out in the workforce more, like we have a very balanced divvying up of the household chores and duties and we get both boys to, you know, be involved in that kind of stuff too. So I feel like gender norms to some extent are good and I and I do like them giving giving people some some sense of sometimes what is maybe not necessarily expected of them, but, you know, just some kind of guideposts of things to to be doing or engaging in, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm very glad that our society shifted away from this, you know, toxic masculinity idea of like, these are the things you have to do. And these are the things you can only do. And only the other person can do these things. So, right. you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of hate on for, you know, traditional gender roles and stuff. Now it's, it's really popular to hate on them now, but I think it still serves as a guidepost. And as long as everybody is, okay and choosing to do some of these things and, and following along with parts of them and disregarding others and as long as it's a conversation i don't think it's a bad thing necessarily or not as inherently evil as mainstream society now seems to be telling us right i think a lot of it boils down to communication if you find a partner who is more invested in those gender roles then there's nothing necessarily wrong with that as long as that is communicated between you two of sharing duties be it one be a breadwinner be it one be it not in my relationship my wife is by far the breadwinner she makes much more money than i ever do and that's that's not anything hidden and it was a long time where i I was a stay-at-home dad because Karen just made more money and that was okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That was communicated that I would be the stay-at-home dad and she would be the breadwinner and I would try to make dinner every day and I would clean up and that was my role and that was what it was. I think the issue with gender roles is when they become gender norms, when it's expected of like men have to be men and women have to be women like that's the that's part of the issue is that there's roles in the sense of there's a breadwinner there's a homemaker uh etc etc but like it doesn't necessarily have to attach itself to a gender or a sexual identity that's true i think i think the thing that i struggle with the most is kind of alluding to mark's point of you know when when i found out that 
that we were expecting, you know, then you you start moving on to the idea of how am I going to be an effective or, or good parent? And especially with the way that things have shifted societally and also even more so within the pagan community, that even the idea of masculine energy or, or feminine energy is kind of questioned in some circles too of, while there's been this whole role of very important and very great female empowerment, it's also the last decade, I would say, is a lot about tearing down the ideas of toxic masculinity. And we've had these discussions before. There's not a whole lot of saying, well, what does good masculinity look like? You know, yeah. or what, is, what are we trying to teach our sons or show our sons in the pagan sphere or even in generally in society? Gosh, now it's probably about 16 years. We were back in the MPGFA days. We did we did a, a ritual, and the ritual was about harnessing the fire. It was a way of looking at masculinity in a different way. It was about masculinity is is very much like a fire. You can either use it as a tool and respect it, or when you or don't... Or you can burn that shit to the ground. <laughs> exactly. If, if you don't respect it, if you don't respect the people that you're, you're employing it with, then you're just going to burn everything and you're going to be left with nothing. But you also can't not use fire it's like it's one of those things we've, we've evolved from being cavemen because we we had fire we cooked food we created tools we did all these things i truly believe that life in the masculine is about figuring out how that fire fits into your life in a way that leaves you balanced and not in one way or the other either leaving you without tools or burning down everything you you you're trying to build right so having organized the festival this year, we had kind of realized that we really shouldn't have a men's and women's ritual. So we decided to have a feminine and masculine ritual. I didn't attend the feminine ritual, but we had a couple of females come to the masculine ritual and it was kind of nice. It was less of a ritual and more of like sort of <laughs> a conversation around... Beer and throwing axes. Yes, but, but I mean, it, it was is... nice. That was, that was a very nice sort of moment. I think I think that still is a ritual in the fact that you're you're creating a sacred place to have open communication. Now in this way, maybe it's not communication with the deities, but it's open and honest communication that we don't always allow ourselves in the mainstream world. Right. And so go to go back to Michael's comment earlier of we really need to and want to abolish toxic masculinity, but there's not enough conversation of what healthy masculinity is. I don't know. I think it comes down to this thing of like the the women's mysteries are something that is very specific to femininity that, you know, that we cannot have or that we cannot do. But then in breaking down a lot of the things of toxic masculinity and you know embracing ideals of equality there isn't a whole lot there might be certain things that some men are better at doing than some women or vice versa but really there's not a whole lot in the men's mysteries i'm using some really liberal air quotes here yeah that yeah. women or female presenting people cannot do i guess it's kind of just coming to that realization of you know there's there's always going to be this like this group of special things around femininity and women's mysteries that men really just don't have access to yeah. but being okay with the fact that we don't have anything that's necessarily exclusive or special to us and just learning not to be big babies about it i think we do they're not just maybe not conversations that 
you'd have necessarily in a public sense. Like uh, there are personal rituals that we, of course, can do for ourselves. Of course, talking about masturbation and and like <laughs> and and that's not something that like a female, of course, is going to masturbate. That's not what I'm implying. It's just, it's different. It's not the same. So there's a little bit. Now, of course, we as cisgender men are not going to give birth to a child. That's, I assume, sort of what you're implying with the female mysteries. That's not something we're going to experience. But at the same time, women aren't going to get a man cold. That's... <laughs> they're, that not going to feel, they're not going to feel that real suffering. That dreadful rite of passage of the man cold. No, I, I get that. <laughs> no, but I, I understand what you're saying. There's, there's things that are like in the female sense that are like you said the divine mystery and from the guy's perspective it's just all out on display there's nothing there's no mystery to it anymore millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah. I slightly disagree with this. No, let's hear it then. And I'm going to put it out there. It's like, yes, women, the women mysteries, okay, you know, the whole thing around becoming a woman, menstruating, all the rest of it, or quote unquote societal woman, because let's face it, that even that definition is changing. But man is evolving. Man is changing. Man is embracing the new realities of, of our modern world and is slowly coming to terms with the fact, you know, we're allowed to have emotional beings. We're allowed to have what would normally have been laughed at in my day of, of you know, quote unquote, soft thought. These are our new mysteries. These are us. Our new mysteries are the things that we're going to share with a bunch of other masculine energies about the stuff that we're learning and that we're not ready quite yet to be fully on display in society and we're still learning how to navigate those and even the networking of that in itself is a new mystery for us true yeah i guess that's true i don't know i think i still i think i still struggle with it from the child rearing perspective right like cis women have a very specific rite of passage you know their first menses like with that whole transition to the idea of growing up and not necessarily adulthood but then you know raising boys 
you know, we, we had this talk, like, I think it was years ago at one of our rituals or one of our little uh, retreat festivals just with the Grove when we're talking about, like, oh, you know, as, like, a, like the boys' rite of passage, like, doing something as a, you know, a going out and hunting or, like, just some kind of survival night or something, and then it being brought up of being as, well, why can't girls do that, too? And you're like, well, we're ab- you're absolutely right, but we're trying to find something for the boys to do as like this transition into, you know, teenagehood or adulthood or something. And, you know, I guess that's where I get with that struggle of like, we don't have something that's necessarily uniquely ours that we can really focus around anymore. And we can still do these things. Maybe the entire idea of separating out male versus female transition into adulthood is outdated but it's something i struggle to let go of and you know, you've, you've got a point and we've had this conversation before and you're right where there isn't anything for the group of boys to do that the, the group of girls can't do too but there's definitely stuff that the group of girls can do that the boys can't do yeah damn it i just want to be special <laughs> And I'm, I'm being a little, little, being a little because, facetious here, but it's we, just kind of we, more along the lines of, I just don't know necessarily what to do. Yeah. While I can't text for a whole camping trip around it, hey, we can still write our names in the snow when we pee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should have opened this true. podcast up saying that, like, we're not here to debate personal identities, because I just want to be clear. In the end, whatever you wish to identify as, we have no issue with that whatsoever. That is your personal choice. We as a grove, a group, individuals will obviously respect that. That's not what this conversation is about. This is three middle-class men whining about being minorities. I, I'm not whining. <laughs> no, no, you're actually pretty good. Um, I guess I'm it's actually interesting with, with Connell, like my son, is exploring non-binary right now. And it's it's been really interesting because... I make it a policy that every time he tries something a little bit different, we sit down, we talk about it. Why Why do you feel that? I want to know his emotional intent. I want to know what his thought process is. And in doing so, whether it's femininity, masculinity, somewhere in between, somewhere outside of both, both of us end up learning something out of it. And I think maybe that's the core. I think our new role isn't just to be the the ape beating on our chest, you know, kill the enemy, put food on the table and build the cave to be a nice little cave. Because like you said, anybody can do that these days. Anybody can do that. I think it's it's to look at what's going on around us and help from our own perspective, the next generation to understand what's happening. Right. So actually on that note, we are three fathers of four boys. So we obviously have a very, I wouldn't say narrow perspective, but we have a a very targeted idea of what we're talking about as parents. Yeah, um, but that was also very clear from the outset of this the, this episode that that was the topic of conversation. Yes, so yes, yes. At least we recognize that we have a very narrow focus of... Yeah. So know. both me and Mark each have one son, and Mike has two, and... Mike's children are polar opposites of one another. I love Owen, but he is a little bit more sensitive. He's more thoughtful. He talks and thinks. And Ethan solves problems <laughs> with the body. Yep. Like a tank. 
<laughs> like a tank. Yeah, there is nothing that tank. child cannot beat up. I always laugh that it's there. I never, if I hear my kids playing together, I never have to worry about uh, my eight-year-old picking on my three-year-old. I always have to worry about my three-year-old beating up my eight-year-old. Yes, my son. He's he's quite emotional. He he has big emotions, and he he's having a hard time expressing them even though we've told them like communicate with us tell us what you're feeling he still bundles it up uh so that's something we we're working on i don't know if it's from school if it's just his personality but he has a lot of big thoughts and feelings him and his mother sort of got into it a little bit this weekend over christmas lights because mom wanted white and he wanted multicolored and I kind of got them to come to an in-between with red and green but he still wasn't very happy because there was no orange yellow and blue and this proceeded to ruin his day yeah. the Christmas lights aren't up yet but, so that'll be another fight when when that happens Yule lights Brian Yule lights on. yes yes no 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 this is straight up commercialism Christmas <laughs> Yeah, our patron saint Santa. <laughs> Here in Halifax, we've all been members of the local pagan community for quite some time. So outside of the Grove, outside of being fathers, how do you guys feel being a male in the local pagan community is? To me, it's so it doesn't it's not a factor in any way. I think it's changed. I mean, you and I, Brian, have, and then Mike too, for that matter, have gone back. 20, 25 years in this community. Yep. Uh, you know, ballpark figure. And I mean, I remember being way back in the, the when I first went to Little Mysteries or or the MPGFA APEGs or or any of the festivals. And and there was, you know, you 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 were the least numbered of the gender in the room. Oh yes. It, pa- paganism drew. Let's face it, Wicca had more books on the shelf than, than you could shake your stick at. And, and Wicca spoke very well and very fluently to the femme population, the, the female-oriented or female energy population. It was a way of igniting their spirit into a place of power and a place of authority and a place where they could feel alive. And that was brilliant, but it took another decade and a half for writers to get to realize that oh hey there's, there's a masculine half side to it too yeah there's another half out there that can that, that can also benefit from this and you didn't start seeing those on the shelves until till later on so i don't know though but growing up with it and even though men were less represented in the faith overall i still feel like we had a lot of strong male personalities that were like kind of in the forefront so like i never really even though there were always more women than men generally like in circle or in like different like pub moots and meet and greets and stuff oh i always found generally that it was pretty well balanced and you just get the the occasional asshole that you know would try and over talk everybody but aside from that it would still be fairly balanced and everybody be for the most part, respectful, even if a little bit oh, egotistical. Yeah. A lot of the teachers or a lot of the mentors that I started with on my journey into paganism were predominantly female. Coming out of the whole midwifing and 
you know, local the local modern healers and stuff like that. That was a role that they took and they kept and they held on to it with all their might. They were the wise women. And if you wanted information, you went to them. You went to the wise women. And that was how a lot of us got indoctrinated into paganism. Because on the other side of it at the time, let's face it, the guys who were in it, a lot of them were singing the guruism songs. Oh, yes. Yeah. Look at me. I'm important. Make love to me. If you want to be in this gro- or in this group, you have to do all these things and I have to be the center. Like, okay, I can see how a lot of people would push away from that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need that crap. That's just right. toxic stupidity more than anything else. Most um, of those people are, I'd say, not with us anymore. They're, they've left the community for a variety and, of reasons. And that's a great thing. Whether, whether it was on the end of somebody's boot or... or you know, the first bus out of town for other reasons. Happy they're gone. Yeah. But the, but but like I said, at the same point, we went to people who had knowledge, and for the predominant of it, it, it paganism was female was female driven, and and it was they were the ones with the with the with the keys to the doors. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I never really felt put out or put upon no. by that fact either. And I think actually now that I'm thinking about this from an outside perspective. You know, especially where the roots of a lot of like the Wiccan movement and everything was very female empowerment focused. A lot of the men that were attracted to pagan circles, for the most part, were usually people that were a little bit more balanced or a little bit more in touch with that feminine side as opposed to, you know, the raging patriarchy kind of thing. So, I mean, I never really saw a lot of that. And not to say that it doesn't exist. I'm just saying, like, I didn't personally experience a ton of that. To that point, it's just kind of funny when when you're kind of thrown back into something else outside of the pagan sphere. So recently for Remembrance Day here at home, um, because the weather was pretty poor in our area, and uh, most of the remaining veterans that are that are in our local legion branch are quite elderly and have a number of health concerns so what's happened this year as in past years if the weather's really bad or it's freezing cold remember day ceremony goes into the local church which is not super fun but it's generally a kind and welcoming environment for the most part but it led to some interesting discussions because You know, I'm sitting there with my son and trying to just get him to shut up for the little bit so that he can focus on, you know, the the somber, relevant parts of the day. And, you know, then, of course, because it's in the church and we're in rural Nova Scotia, it gets a little bit more Christian focused and there's a couple of readings. And then, you know, yeah, I know, just a little bit. But there's readings and, you know, the pastor's getting up there and doing some stuff. And so then I actually led to some good discussions with Owen afterwards of like, you know, oh, what's a pastor? Be like, oh, yeah. So, okay, in their church, buddy, like they don't just kind of do things by consensus and they don't build ritual the way they do. They have one person that stands at the front and this is the one that's supposed to know more than the other people and teaches people or guides them. As opposed to the way, you know, we do religious ceremonies where it's like all of us together. So it was just interesting to see some of those dynamic changes in kind of a Christian sense and in like a wider rural Nova Scotian community when it's kind of outside of our norm. It's interesting to see how we get kind of pushed back into that thing of quiet watching because this is not for us as pagans. This is assuming that everybody is 
cis white Christian. Yeah, yeah, right. That's fair. So thank you both very much for humoring me in this episode. <laughs> I, I think it's definitely a topic we'll hit upon again in the future. So be prepared. I'll spring it on you last minute, just like I did to Michael tonight. As always. And yeah. Welcome, dear listeners, to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast, Season 4. We're filled with gratitude for your continuous support and positive energy. Your enthusiasm has fueled our mystical endeavors, and it has been a wonderful journey. Be sure to join us for more adventures with our Patreon, where you can directly support Three Witches and a Druid. Your contributions will help us to continue to create high-quality content, bring in fascinating guests, and explore even more magical topics. To our current Patreon supporters, we send out a heartfelt thank you. Your faith in our mission is truly appreciated. And today, we shout out Sierra, Star, Gary, Sybil, Catherine, Nicole, Tomlin, Samantha, Chris, Eric, Karen, Highland Horde, Danny, Sarah, Kay, Linda, and Jennifer. And to those who are considering joining our Patreon family, we invite you to take that next step and become a part of our mystical circle by subscribing to our Patreon you'll gain access to exclusive bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and a closer connection with us in our magical community. It's more than just support. It's a way to deepen your own spiritual journey and enhance your magical practice. So whether you've been with us from the very beginning or you're just joining us in this magical realm, we welcome you to our Patreon and look forward to sharing more mystical experiences together. As we celebrate these four enchanting years and take this exciting next step into the future, we say thank you, dear listeners. Your presence has truly made this podcast a sacred space for learning, growing, and connecting with the universe. And we thank you for being a part of this enchanting community. So uh, I want to thank you for joining us. We do a little thing. You guys don't have to repeat if you want. Marry me. Marry heart. Marry meet again. Blessed be. Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.